Hiya, um, this is going to be a bit of a short one, a bit of a, a casual one, but I'm just here to talk about an interesting concept, um, which is in, in archaeology and anthropology, the idea of gods and the idea of religion and ritual practice. So we think of the Anglo-Saxons as having uh, a pantheon of gods, which they did, and they would recognise that idea. They had Woden and Thunor and Tiu and uh, Freya and people like that. Um, but I think a lot of our understanding of these gods, a lot of our sort of widespread cultural understanding of the gods, has come from the fact that in the sort of late 19th century and early 20th century, scholars were trying to make it seem as if the Anglo-Saxon gods and the Norse gods were analogous to the Greek and the Roman gods. So they were throwing out ideas like, this is the god of war, this is the god of thunder, the goddess of love and beauty, whatever. Whereas these, these concepts aren't necessarily things the Anglo-Saxons would have uh, recognised. In fact, I'm not sure the Anglo-Saxons would have recognised their belief system in the same way as we recognise Christianity as a religion, or Islam as a religion, or Judaism as a religion, um, at least before Christianity came in. I think they would have thought of it in a different way. Joanna Brook did a very good paper on this in, in 1999, which I'll give a citation for. Um, but this is the idea that our modern Western understanding of religion and practicality as two distinct things, spirituality and secularism as two different things. I mean, even if you're religious in the UK or in the US, you probably, say you're a Christian, you probably recognise, even though going to the church, going to church may be very important for you, you probably recognise going to church and going to work are not practical in the same way. You might consider going to church to be a lot more important than going to work, but you still realise they're not, you don't consider them in all likelihood practical in the same way. Um, and this is because of the whole church-state distinction that's been hanging around for a few hundred years. But people before Christianity, before the Abrahamic religions, probably didn't recognise religion as a separate area of life. Brooke uses the example of, I can't remember what group it was, but there was a group in Africa that an anthropologist was studying. And the anthropologist followed this man to a termite mound. And the man had a sort of cigar kind of thing um, and a magical leaf. And with a cigar, he blew smoke into the termite mound to drive the termites out. And in his left hand, he held this magical leaf to aid the process along. Now, as far as an anthropologist or an archaeologist might be concerned, the cigar is practical because it produces smoke which drives the termites out. And the leaf is spiritual or ritual because it doesn't actually do anything. But as far as the man's concerned, they both play a practical role. Without either of them, the termites wouldn't leave the mound. So it's, it's difficult to paint one as practical and one as ritual without applying a Western distinction, without applying a sort of Western understanding to it. To use my own example, imagine you are sacrificing this fucker to the gods. Um, of a, I don't know, maybe you're sacrificing it in winter to bring a good spring or a good summer. You sacrifice it, you... You sacrifice it, you burn it, whatever you do, whatever the ritual is. Um, you wait, and nothing happens for a long time, or at least you can't see what's happening for a long time, and then there's a good summer, or there's not a good summer, or whatever. It's analogous to planting seeds, sowing seeds, and hoping that they become healthy crops. 
as far as a society that doesn't understand how germination works, it's the same thing. You do something, either you burn the boar or you sow the seeds, you wait for a long time, and as far as you're concerned, nothing really happens, and then at the end of it, you get a good summer or you get a good crop. You know, it's easy enough for an anthropologist or any Western person to say, well, burning an animal doesn't really do anything for the summer, but as far as the people doing it are concerned, what if the summer would be a lot worse if they hadn't burned the animal? You know, you, you, can't, you can't apply a Western understanding to it without making it biased in a... I don't know, it's hard to explain. Very hard to explain. Maybe I'm just not very good at explaining it. Oh. Another good example is the idea of cutlery. So in the modern Western world, we use cutlery to eat. And we see it as a practical, we see cutlery as very practical. Um, but in a, say, a Paleolithic society where cutlery hasn't been invented, maybe, maybe something like a spoon would be used to eat soups, things like that. But a fork is not really necessary to eat. But we in the West put a sort of imaginary barrier between ourselves and food, which we need cutlery to breach. So we see it as a practical tool, whereas somebody in some... I don't know, some future big advanced civilization might look back on us and say, why the fuck did they eat with forks? What the f fucking grommet mugs as well, what the fuck's going on there? Uh, fucking three sticks of wood. We in the West are always banging on about our three sticks of wood, but we don't really need them, do we? Trappings of a Western mindset. Bet these fuckers didn't exist in the Paleolithic. Sorry mate.